Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcame him. They overcame him, that's the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Pastor Belinda was talking about the word of your testimony. That's part of declaring a decree and a thing. And how do you overcome? Well, the only way to overcome anything is because of everything that Jesus has already done. You know, one of the things you have to watch while you're in the battles of life is trying to get you can sit down. You can keep playing. You can all sit down. Leave Doppo up there all by himself. Hallelujah. Um, I, just, I don't know. Just where we're going. It's Wednesday night. Y'all relaxed? You feel relaxed? Let's hear some things from the Lord tonight. So uh, one of the things you have to be careful when you're going through the things of life is you know, in the old covenant, the Bible does say, and we sing a lot of songs around here about it, the battle is the Lord's. And how many of you know, it, it, the battle is the Lord's. But you pull it over in the New Testament and Jesus has won the battle. Jesus already won the war. So if you're trying to get God to fight for you, it's a little misappropriation of your faith. Well, Lord, you fight my battles. No, Jesus already fought your battle. Because really no more battles because he won the war. Well, Pastor Mark, then why am I going through stuff? Because, well, we can look at the Apostle Paul. How many of you know uh, life is not always, you know, walking on easy street? There's always some stuff going on, right? But remember what the Apostle Paul said. He said, we fight the good fight. Now, come on, fellas. Well, maybe some girls know this too. But what's a good fight? It doesn't matter what you look like when you die. As long as you won, it's a good fight. Sometimes when I'm flipping through, Pastor Rhonda doesn't like me to watch him, and I know, you know, other pastors and other people don't. But, you know, every once in a while, I like to look at an octagon as long as I'm not in it. I, you know, it's good when somebody wins. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't like it. But that's okay. Listen to me. Um, if you're all, because remember when the Lord said, we use the scripture, it's old covenant, and it's right to use it. But it says, remember when he said, stand still because you're not required to fight in this battle and see your salvation, okay? But some people think, well, Lord, I've got this battle, fight for me. But that's not New Testament. New Testament is, um, he already won. I'll let you in on this, um, not just talking to the men, but everybody. So the theme of this year's Mighty Men's Conference is, Jesus is the champion. You are my champion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's already won. He's seated in heavenly places. Far above every principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that's given a name. But he didn't stop there. Ephesians 2, 6 says, he raised you up together. So remember people say, you know, uh, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection. It's like, well, I wasn't there. Yes, but you really were there. Yes, you were there. Well, I, don't, I didn't feel it, but you were there. You touched it when you said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he was raised from the dead, and I receive him as my Savior, and I make him the Lord of my life. You were raised from the dead. So it's like you went back and touched it. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians that it was the greatest display of power ever. Why? Because he was raising up all of humanity all at once. Amen. Everybody who would ever believe on him. It, was, it wasn't when he created the world. That wasn't his greatest display. He just spoke. No, if you think about it, he just spoke. But when he raised Jesus and he raised you, that was the greatest display of power ever. So, you know, I don't want you to mince our songs around here. And I know we have a few that talk about the Lord fights my battles. And, uh, you know, I like some of them too. But I just want from uh, the perspective of uh, I feel like somebody's going through something. And you maybe say, well, Lord, fight my battle. And the Holy Ghost is saying, he did. He did. He did. He did. And then he sat down. Come on. If the devil would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. That's what they said. Why? 
Because when Jesus said it is finished, it just began. The devil's nightmare began. When Jesus said it is finished, devil's nightmare just began. Because according to the book of Acts, the Bible says uh, his soul was not left in hell. And it wasn't talking about King David. You know, and I know some people don't like this, but if Jesus didn't go, you're going to have to. And, and I'm grateful. I, I don't have to go to hell. Jesus, where did Jesus destroy the works of the devil? Colossians 2.15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them. What is that? The devil openly. Okay, we got to stop there. What does that mean openly? Well, it's a form of what used to happen to the king in the old covenant. You doing good up there? You're helping me a lot. You keep going. You're doing really good. What happened in the old covenant? What happened in the old covenant? Well, anytime a king was defeated, they would strip him naked and parade him. So the first thing they would do was they would parade him around his defeated territory. So everybody in that territory, know, territory now knows there's a new ruler in town and it ain't him. Stripped him, embarrassed him. Humi- the, that's the whole point, humiliation. And then they would take that king that was defeated back to their kingdom, the victor's kingdom, and they would parade him around to let everybody know. And so that's what you're supposed to get by reading the old covenant is that Jesus did, they did, whether you like this or not, Jesus did some parading. He paraded the devil around. That's why when you speak the name of Jesus, the devil remembers what he went through on that day. Now listen, I'm getting a little blowback in the spirit from preaching some of this on Sunday morning. Y'all might want to pray for me a little bit because, but we're telling it like it is and the devil don't like to hear it like it is. He'd like the whole church to be put in a coma and, and forget about the name of Jesus and forget about their power, forget about the blood and, and just endure and just be quiet, sit down and shut up. But it is not the time to sit down, be quiet and shut up. It is the time to lift your voice and let the devil know that you know what Jesus has done. And so the Bible talks about that there is a name that's above every name in all of heaven. And then it says in heaven, it says under the earth, under the earth. What is that? That's hell. That's Satan's seat. But he's been dethroned. Remember, Jesus got up out of the book of Revelation. He said to John the Revelator, I got some keys. Come on. I got some keys. I got some keys. What were those keys too? Well, it unlocks for humanity that you don't have to go to hell anymore. What? He got the victory over death, over hell, and over the grave. What Jesus said, I got the keys. I got the keys. In other words, keys unlocks doors. So we now, we, we, now humanity, things are different now because of one man, the, the Lord, the Savior, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the great I Am, went into the bowels of hell and he destroyed the works of the devil. And now he's been paraded around all of hell and all of heaven. And I remember, and I told you this not very long ago, but um, it'll, it'll bear repetition for somebody in the room really needs to hear this. When uh, I was in high school, um, I had a rough go at it my freshman year. Um, not for you to feel sorry for me, but it was a rough go. I ended up in the hospital for three weeks, basically worried myself to death, almost to death. And um, I had, there, you know, I, it wasn't, it's not quite as accurate, but I was five foot tall and almost in my mind equally as wide. But anyway, but it's not totally true. I was so cute. Anyway, but, um, but really got, kind of going through it. And there was this bully. His name was Andy. God bless you, Andy. Um, I'm just, I heard he didn't go to prison. I thought he would have. But anyway, uh, he, he didn't, and he's all right. And, um, but, uh, you know, just not to go through the whole story again, but it, he sucker punched me in front of everybody, all my friends. Um, I really, I don't know, didn't do anything about it. I just became very afraid. And so anytime I heard his name, I would go the other direction. I would figure out where his classes were and I went the long way. I avoided him all of that year because I didn't want to be embarrassed again. So, I, you know, now I'm 
I'm an adult, I'm successful, I'm ministering the word. So I'm sitting there at my mom's farmhouse in the kitchen, in the dining room table. And the Lord says to me, because I'm along these lines, he said, uh, he said, you remember Andy? And I was like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. He said, no, no, I, I want to I show you something. They'll make it very real to you. He said, do you remember how you used to avoid him? You know, the Lord knows everything you're going through, but see, at that age and where I was in church, I didn't know how to call on God. Nobody taught me. I, I, I was born again, but no teaching. All, Noah had a boat. That's about all I knew. I, I didn't have the tools. That's why your youth over there to me, if you brought your youth tonight, that, that's why it blesses me so much. We're giving them tools for a wicked time that they live in. Your children are getting tools that I didn't have. Not that my mom or dad did anything wrong because we only knew what we knew. But he said, let's talk about Andy. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I told you all this, but it's bearing repetition tonight for somebody, if it's just one person. Because the name of Jesus is so powerful. So he said to me, you remember how you used to avoid him? Uh-huh, painfully, I remember. Do you remember how you were afraid of, when you heard his name, the, you remembered the event when he humiliated you? Yes, Lord, are we going somewhere with this? Do you remember? And I said, I do remember. And he said, He said to me that whenever my name is spoken, he remembers that I, <laughs> I have a different, he whooped his butt. He kicked it. Bible says he stripped him, humiliated him. Cause he was feeling large and in charge that day when Jesus said, it is finished. But if he would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. And he's given us a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. Every tongue confesses that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's no other name given in heaven and earth whereby we are saved. There's power in that name. But see, when you do it in faith, when you say that name, the devil remembers. He relives it. Isn't that cool? That all over the world, at every time zone, anybody who knows the name of Jesus, the devil remembers. He also knows his time is very short. He's pulling out all the stops, but we still have a name that's greater than his name. We're still seated far above every principality, power, might, and dominion. Where sin abounds, grace does still much more abound. What is grace? It's not just God's unmerited favor. It is the power of God to withstand the works of the devil. Anytime you and I are submitted unto God, James 4, 7 says, anytime we're submitted unto God, all we have to do is resist the devil in Jesus' name and he will flee. Amen. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at some things. Thanks, Doppel. You, you, you helped me travel through. I'm grateful for it. Hallelujah. Second, now you can get those uh, fingers a break. Hallelujah. Maybe. I don't know. I kind of like it. All right. So I, want, I had some things on my heart, and uh, I'm going to preach to myself tonight, and you can just listen. All right? Anybody working on anything? Sometimes, you know, Jesus said, uh, whoever will speak to the mountain." right? And command him to move the mountain. Well, anybody ever feel like you got a mountain range? Not just a single mountain. You're dealing with the whole, you know, range of mountains, not just Mount Everest, the Himalayas. You know, sometimes it feels like that. And, and you know, the Lord knows, even though victory has been um, provided for us, um, there is still a fight. So the Lord does has already won and he has fought our battle, but you still have to fight. But the fight is the good fight of faith using the name of Jesus. But it's, it's a good fight because it's already been won. 
our faith. The Bible says to resist, uh, 1 John says, to resist the devil, how? Steadfast in the faith. Now listen, when the enemy comes, you don't have to go looking for the enemy. He's all around, right? Because we're not just looking at a devil, but the works of the enemy. So that's why you need to know what God does and what the devil does. But the works of the devil should be resisted. Anything you've been redeemed from, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, confusion, stress, strife, uh, anything the devil throws our way, we, we, we must resist it in Jesus' name. And it is the will of God that you walk in victory. And it is, he has provided victory for you. But listen to me, victory means you had a fight. I know some of us word of faithers, we don't like the fight, you know. No, we've already won. Well, if you're going to, it's a good fight. We don't even know you got faith until something comes up. You know, well, I just believe if you walk in the will of God and you do everything just right and you're a good little tither and you come to church, especially on Wednesday night, if you do everything just right and you sing all the songs with them and you read Pastor Mark's Daily Bread, nothing will ever happen to you. Notice how I threw the little daily bread thing in there. I work hard at that, y'all. Read it. And so anyway, so, but that's not the truth. We give you the word because the, the battles, Jesus won the war, but the fight, because the devil is still on the earth, it's going to happen. But you got to look at him as a defeated foe. Amen. 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 Don't give him so many props. He's defeated foe. The battle has been won. yes. In the old covenant, he said, I know I keep emphasizing this, and I don't think we need to throw away any songs around here, but I just want you to know, you know, because a lot of people in the body of Christ say, well, Lord, fight my battle. But that reminds me of the Apostle Paul. Remember him in 2 Corinthians chapter 10? You know, um, we travel all over the world. We've gone to many places. I say this all the time, but it's still, it just boggles my mind that nobody knows about Jesus, but they know about Job. They know about Paul's thorn in the flesh, right? I mean, it's amazing how the devil has, but, but this is what we know. You know, that's 2 Corinthians. Pastor Rhonda teaches this in her grace class, and I teach it when I teach on grace. And I've taught it to you before, even not very long ago. But remember, you can in your flesh, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I'll just tell you, I've gotten there uh, a few times in my life where you just want to almost make a deal with the devil. Just leave me alone. I'll just, just, I'll just be quiet. Just leave me alone. What can we, can we come to some kind of agreement? But that's like saying sick him to a dog. Because if he thinks he's got you, there's no mercy in him. There's no deal making. There's no deal making. There's no backing off. Because number one, if you back up, back off, the Lord's not pleased with you. That's what he says in Hebrews, right? He's not pleased with those who back away. And the devil, there's nothing you can do to make him happy. He hates you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to steal from you. Oh, and he'd love to kill you. Well, that's not very good news. No, it's just the news from the word of God. And the good news is, but Jesus already won. Amen. Come on. Are y'all ready for this? Come on, y'all. It's time to toughen up, buttercup. Amen. You're in a fight, but you win. Come on. I can imagine myself, you know, I wasn't much of a, I used to wrestle with my cousins. We do a little bit, you know, uh, some of that kind of stuff, especially when our moms uh, weren't around, you know, we would wrestle with one another or whatever, try to beat one another up a little bit. Uh, but I'll tell you that, and I've never really put on a pair of boxing gloves. And I remember I was telling a story one time and I was telling the guys I was going to hit him and they're like, Pastor Mark, I can tell you've never fought before because you would never put your thumb on the inside because you're going to break it if you hit somebody. So you can know I don't really, I didn't do a lot of that. All right. But I can tell you this, if I knew going into a boxing match that I was going to win, when I came in, I'd be really looking good. If you knew you was going to win, if you knew you was going to win, if you knew you was going to win, you knew it. Come on. That's why some of those guys win, because they know they're going to win. But you really knew it? I mean, you knew there was not, it was 100%? You'd float, yeah, you know, come on. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You would. 
But see, that's, that's the posture we got to take with God. Now, listen, I've had as many battles or probably more than, but than a lot of you. But I know this, the Apostle Paul had probably, just one man had more of, than all of us put together in this room. And he got tired of it. So there's none of us in this room that don't occasionally get tired of it. But that's why you come to church on Wednesday night. That's why you have faith friends. That's why you have somebody who can tell you the truth when you're talking wrong. Even if you get mad at them. You need somebody to tell you the truth. Quit talking like that. Quit acting that way. But Paul, you know, and I've been there. My whole revelation of James 4-7 came from a time when I was in my 20s and I was tired of it. I was ready to cash it all in. This, I wasn't going to do this. Just at a real desperation place. So the revelation I have of James 4-7 came from a fight. Came from a time when I thought I was knocked out. And it was after I got out of Bible school. So the Apostle Paul, not that I would definitely compare myself to his stuff. But we've all, have we all not all felt that way? But it's not something you would come to this church and say, you know, hey, you know, let's all compare our, our stories of, you know, how bad it is. Because we all know better. We need to talk about victory. We need to, but, but I'm telling you, I know and God knows what you're going through. But Paul had, he, I'm done. He was ready. To, remember, there's one thing we can't do. We can't tap out. There's a lot, of use, a lot of wrestling and stuff tonight. I'm sorry, maybe I need to get some watching this weekend and get it, get it out of my system. But, but there's no tap out. If, you've ever, if you have a tap out point, the devil finds it. There's no tap out. There's no quit. Right? Some of you are old enough. We're like weebles. See who's old in here. We're like weebles. We wobble, but we won't fall down. Right? There's no knockout. There's no quit. Paul was there, though. He was ready. In other words, Lord, if you don't do something right now, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. And so the Lord didn't answer. I said, it's too hard. Where are you? Third time. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. Misinterpretation. Just endure. It'll all be over soon. Because there's many kinds of graces, but that grace is standing grace. And Paul got it because he later wrote about it. And then he said, because he finally, what is that? That grace is empowerment to stand. And this was a demon assigned to him harassing him. How do you know if you follow his journey, he, he caused revivals and riots everywhere he went. Even his friends that were supposed to be his friends tried to kill him, he said. He was stoned, left for dead. I believe did die. I mean, dude went bobbing up and down in the ocean, robbed by friends and foes. Everywhere he went because the devil was trying to shut him down. Right? And what did the Lord say? And so if you don't correctly interpret it, you're going to come with a different answer. He said, my grace is sufficient. And then Paul goes on to say what? Second Corinthians chapter 10. What, right? What does he go on to say? He said, well, then I'm going to glory in my weakness. What? Well, I'm going to acknowledge I'm not all that. I'm going to acknowledge that I can't do this on my own. I'm going to glory in the fact, okay, I'm a human being and I have weaknesses, but um, this is what I do know. Uh, when I'm weak, then you're strong. When I'm weak, then you're, that's like, let the sick say I'm healed. Let the poor say I'm rich. Amen. I, okay. Okay. Paul says I'm getting it. 
I'm getting it. I'm helping you. I'm helping me. I don't know whether I'm helping you or not. But but he's like, all right, I'm getting it. I'm going to say what you say about it. Uh, because The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I'm full of joy and I'm strong in the Lord and the power is mine. I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. So he began to operate in that power and he was able to resist what the devil was doing. Because he didn't have just one thing, he had multiple things. Y'all, some of you have been doing this long enough to understand that the devil doesn't bother you anymore with one thing because you'd be like, That's right. That's, I ain't paying it. So don't be shocked at the three, the four, the ten. The pile up. What's he trying to do? Trying to get you to give in, give up. Come on. If you continue in his word, then what? You're going to be free indeed. You know the truth, and the truth has made you free. But if you've got to continue in it. So you've got to continue saying. You've got to continue. All right? I have some notes, but I don't know if they're, are they relevant? Let's see. Did I tell you to turn anywhere? Well, that was a good intro. Let's see. Let's keep going. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Hallelujah. I probably quoted, just quoted some of these, but let's look at them in case you're new to the word. And I know we got new people to the word around here all the time. So um, now thanks, 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always, how many times is always? always. Causes us to do what? To have victory in Christ. Now notice it says in Christ. Not just victory, but you got to walk in Christ, the in Him realities. You got to know who you are. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am accepted in the beloved. Uh, I, I, he's in me, He lives in me. In Him, I live and I move and I have my being. You know, the Lord, you know, he's the vine. I'm, I'm connected to him. I'm vitally united to him. I'm in him. So it's not just I can have uh, triumph on my own just because I'm, uh, but, but you got to see yourself in him. And he makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. In other words, you smell good. You smell like God in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the spirit realm, that aroma. You, you smell God. Hallelujah. And then the devil knows you too because you carry a certain fragrance about you. I'm telling a lot of stories, but when I was um, um, 16, I worked at McDonald's, um, you know, the Golden Arches. And I, I, um, in Illinois, where I worked, when you worked drive through or whatever, you had to put a coat on because, you know, it's cold. And so, you know, uh, so we all had these coats and, um, uh, uh, you, you know, you got, if you worked it a lot, you got to have one of your own. And so, um, I did because I helped run, you know, run the front sometimes. And so I had my own coat and one of my friends, um, I think it was Brenda. Brenda said to me, hey, Mark, you're not working. I forgot my coat. Can I borrow yours? And I'm like, yeah. And I tried to tell her what was hung. She said, I'm just going to smell it. I know which one's your. What? She goes, I know what you smell like. I was like, what? You smell like black suede. Mm. My mom used to have an Avon lady come to our house all the time and all we could afford. Somebody recently bought me some. I'm not, it's just, we'll put it in the museum. But, you know, um, but, <laughs> you know, and then as a teenager, you know, sometimes you go a little heavy. It's just funny. I know what you smell like. I know what you smell like. And that's in the realm of the spirit. You do have a definite distinctness, you know, distinct smell of, the, of, of God. Hallelujah. He talks about aromas all the time. That's not my story. That's not what we're talking about. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be unto God who gives us, how I many know he's already given you, the victory. How? Through. There it is again. In Christ and through. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He always causes you to triumph, and he's given you the victory. Amen. Always. So this is what we say around here. It's not over until it ends up in victory. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's, keep, let's keep going. Hallelujah. Romans eight thirty seven. You all know these scriptures. Nay, in all these things we are 
more than conquerors through him. Why are we more than a conqueror? Well, because Jesus did the conquering, and then he turned around and gave us the keys. He turned around, it's like, it's like a, a boxer one time. Oh, here's that boxer is again. I really do need to watch some of this this weekend. Anyway, so, um, so this boxer, uh, he won the gold medal. And as soon as the ceremony was over, he went and took the medal and put it around his mom's neck. Why'd you do that? Well, because without her, I wouldn't be here. Right? She did all the work, all the putting me through all this. And, you know, so I'm the conqueror, but he just made her more than the conqueror. And that's what Jesus did for you. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And then he gave you his name. Hallelujah. Then he gave you his name. Hallelujah. And what does that mean? In all these things. How many things? Come on, y'all. We, we, got, we got to get a little tougher. If it's not going the right way and it doesn't look like it's going our way, then we just know what? It's not over. And we're going to hold fast to our profession of faith. It's going to turn out the way the Lord said in the word. It's going to turn out the way he said to us. Amen. And we just don't let go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We always triumph. So we say it around here like this. We always win. We always win. And when we're done, we're going to win again. Amen. But if you quit, and, and I'm telling you, I understand it, and Paul understood it. Um, you know, he's not a superhuman. He's an apostle anointed by the Holy Ghost. God lived on the inside of him just like us, but he had stuff going on. And he got to a place where he just says, I can't do this no more. God, where are you? And the Lord answered. He said, my grace my power, my ability is sufficient. Lord, I need you to fight. Someone needs to listen to me. It's just a little bit. I'm just trying to get you a little bit over because the songs we sing, even we just sang some here, but people are saying it today because pe people are anxious. They're tired. They're, God, where are you? And, and it sounds right, but it's kind of, it's very religious in what, the understanding of the word of God. Because if you don't understand that the Lord's already won, you're asking him to do something that he's already done. You're seated in him. Does he fight your battles? Absolutely. He won them. Is the devil defeated or not defeated? Is he, does the Lord have to come back down and do it again every time you got something going on? Well, no, there's a scripture for that. It says, don't bring him down, you know? I don't have time. You understand what I'm saying? Do I do it? Yes. Do you do it? Probably. And I've been preaching a long time. Because we get into this anxious place or, ugh, where are you? Well, he's the same place he's always been. He's not moving. Are you? Remember the apostle Paul said, none of these things move me. How many? Have you ever, don't, 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 let, never mind. Yeah, we all have been, we've all wanted to move, haven't we? I'm not talking about moving physical locations. I'm just, it's like sometimes it feels easier to give up than fight. But that cannot be an option for you. And if you'll keep fighting the good fight of faith, remember what the Apostle Paul said, I have finished my course. A lot of the fight some of you are having right now, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of the fight some of you are having right now is because of your course. God's got big things for you. You know, you don't have to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher to do great things for God. You can own your own business. I was telling a group of people not long ago, I was telling them about a man named Norville Hayes, who he was a preacher and a businessman. But I love what God did with him. He would like, travel from meeting to meeting. He'd, he'd go buy a, I remember this testimony. He was traveling by some uh, land and the Holy Ghost said, go buy that. And he bought it for like piddly thousands on the acre. And then he turned around. Uh, the city was moving that way and he sold it for millions. <laughs> would God do something like that? Sure. Do you have to preach it all to do that? No. 
There's some people in this room, God's given you uh, business ideas. And, um, you know, the marketplace is just as important as the pulpit. Well, you're a preacher, shouldn't you think? No, everybody's important. The whole body is important. You've got to do your thing. I'll do my thing. You do your thing. Amen? If, if that's in the marketplace, if it's in the neighborhood. But anyway, what in the world? What am I talking about? Hallelujah. Where are we? We're winning. And we always win. Where would I leave off, Ollie? Where was I, mighty man? Um, we always win. All the, we're more than conquerors. Everybody say, I'm all, I always win. I always win. Amen. Sometimes when the Holy Ghost gets going, you get off, and then he's done with that. You're like, where was I? You have to help me. Hallelujah. So we have the victory how many times? We always win. When we're done, we win again. We're not going to quit. Amen. Don't raise your hand if you thought about quitting tonight and you just came in. This is your last effort. I'm going to quit and I'm tired and I'm fed up. Lord, you better talk to me. Well, he did. And so you're not quitting. He he did and you're not quitting. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I had a, when I was going through that thing where James 4, 7 became a reality to me. Um, you know, I have a great mom. My mom is great. And uh, yet I always collected spiritual mothers everywhere I went. I remember when I was going through that, and I really was contemplating quitting before I got started. All I had three of them call me within two days. And I tell this story a lot. So they call, and they're like, hey, Mark, you've been on my heart. Because I really had got, I just, I really was in a battle. It was a real battle. Um, because I w- I'll just tell you why the battle I had, because I, I wouldn't obey God. He asked me to be a youth pastor, and I thought I was beyond that. And so anyway, just being real, that was a long, long time ago. I've grown up, so it was about 35 years ago or more. And um, it's not what I thought I was called to do, so I didn't want to do it. I thought, and then besides that, in the little church that I was in, nobody cared about the youth, and there was only two of them, and so I'm called to do big stuff, you know? And so anyway, had a little bit of a tood. I just got off, I just, honestly, I just got back from Brazil, and the first thing I preached in, I preached in a 10,000-member church. Well, that'll do something to you. And so the Lord had to clean me up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he since has. I had to humble my, he didn't humble me, I had to humble myself. But he asked me to do it, and I didn't want to do it. And when I didn't want to do it, I got out of the will of God, and I got attacked on the left, the right, the center, the back. I got attacked, attacked, attacked. Uh, things I dealt with, just a mess. It's really one of the first places I go to when I'm under attack. Am I doing everything you asked me to do? Am I fully submitted? Because when you're fully submitted, you can resist. I'm helping somebody. If, you'll, if, you, if, if, if you track me around where I'm going, I know this is unusual for a Wednesday night, but this, you know, track me around. If, if you're having trouble with something, then are you submitted? Are you doing what God told you to do? Are you fully submitted? Because if you're fully submitted, you resist the devil. He has to go. Amen. He, got, he has to go. And so, so, um, so uh, I had, um, so I wasn't, I wasn't in a bad place. So in two days, these uh, ladies who were like spiritual moms to me call. And you know what? When they called, they're like, Mark, you've really been on my heart. What's up? And then I put on my good Christianese. Oh, bless the Lord. Praise God. God, he's moving. You know what I'm saying? He's a, I can put on a little Pentecost to the best of them. And I just lied through my teeth. Just because I was embarrassed that I was having trouble. And I, at that point, didn't want to obey. And so, you know, they're probably all three like, mm, something's wrong, you know. I'm probably, the, you know, and they didn't know one another, but isn't it amazing that all three of them called me within two days? The Lord will send you help, but you got to have some around you, and then you got to listen. Don't, don't lie to them like I did. But the Lord's merciful. Amen, and he's kind, and he'll help you win, because that is his plan. Everybody say, I always win. So what happened was I repented, don't tell me it takes all day to repent. And the Lord will bless you on credit. I love Brother Hagin used to say that. The Lord will bless you on credit because he knows your heart and you're going to do it. So I just, we just put a halt to all that nonsense. I submitted myself to God. 
He resisted, I resisted the devil. And you know the truth about it was? I'll throw this into somebody. I don't know if it has to do, probably doesn't have someone to do with business in here, but, but just obey what God tells you to do. Even if you don't think you're going to like it, he wouldn't tell you to do something that you ain't going to like. Because, you know what, honestly, when I said, fine, Lord, I'll do it, I'll do it. I remember in that little church, they hadn't had a youth ministry in a long time. There were only two teenagers that were even willing to come. And so I cleaned up. I dug all the trash out of that room. I tell this to my, I think probably why it's so fresh in my heart, I was just telling it to uh, the school ministry uh, students. Um, so um, I'm not much of a handyman. My dad is the, was the, the painter, the, you know, car fixer upper. I mean, he made me do all that stuff. Like one time he made me change the oil in my car before he let me drive it. And I told him, I said, Dad, I'm going to have enough money. Um, somebody will change my oil. I'm not going to have to ever do this. But anyway, he didn't like that. But anyway, um, so, um, but and then and later in his life, he was my lawn man. So I really appreciated it. I, I sowed a little bit of seed there. But when I was a teenager, I didn't do his lawn as good as he did mine. Anyway, I digress. But um, they didn't tell me. I didn't know anything about it. And so they, they had this weird stuff on the wall. And so I went and got some kills. You know what kills is? It's this primer stuff. And so I'm in there cleaning it and I shut the door. And I'm in there for like three hours doing all this. And when I got out, it wasn't the glory I saw. <laughs> multiple things. Driving home, I was seeing multiple things and very weird stuff was happening. But anyway, so I got it all fixed up, and then I had to work, and then these teenagers went in, the two I went in, and then they, they splat, it was cool back then, they splattered it. I had it beautiful white, and they took some color paint while I was gone at work, and they splattered it. I was so mad. But anyway, I started out with two. I decided I would do it till Jesus came back. I ended up building it within a year to 30 kids, full of God. Full of the Holy Ghost. Some of them are in the ministry to this day. And then it was going too well, and the pastor I was working for kicked me out. <laughs> my point is, God would never ask you to do something that I told him, I said, I'll do this the rest of my life. And that's what puts such a heart in me for our youth. And it was a time, the, being a youth was when I backslid. We're talking about lots of stuff tonight, but what I'm mainly talking about is don't give up. Obey God. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. He always wants you to win. Amen. Isaiah 54, 17. I'm going to leave you with this one. No weapon that is formed. Let's just stop. Us good word of faith people, those who love Jesus and love the word, God never promised you that the weapon wasn't going to be formed. Just because a weapon, just because the devil's trying to do something, doesn't mean you're out of the will of God, doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. The devil is the devil. And there may be something formed, but the, aren't you glad it doesn't stop there? So the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come. So Jesus has come, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. No weapon, because Isaiah, a lot of it prophesied him forward, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. So if you, when a weapon comes, it doesn't have the right, really, or the ability to prosper against you unless you let it, unless I let it. It really doesn't have the ability Um, you have a shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts. The devil's got a bunch of them. And those darts are meant especially for your mind. But you have a shield, you have a helmet of salvation. You have a shield of faith. That, what does the shield of faith do? It quenches. Well, I know we're, we're, we're here and there and everywhere, but a lot of times when people see the, the armor of God, they, they see uh, this shiny shield, um, you know, but the Roman soldiers that Paul got that revelation from, um, the shiny shields were only for parades. The battle shields were uh, bottom to top, and they were leather, 
with uh, hinges on the either side of them in case you needed to join your shield with somebody else's shield. And they fought, and the enemy had what? Arrows, the fiery arrows, that when they, those arrows had explosions in them, that when they hit somewhere, they were meant to explode. So what's the devil try to do? He sends a thought to you. Do you know every thought that you think is not your thought? The devil sends something your way, and when it gets into your mind or into your soul, it's meant to explode and cause some problems for you, right? But the shield of faith is able to quench every fiery dart. It didn't say the fiery dart won't be formed. It doesn't even mean that a thought won't come. It just means it doesn't have to ever prosper. Now, I'll just be real blunt with you. I don't know that I've gotten to all the way there uh, as where a fiery dart didn't get in there a little bit. But I can tell you this. I know what the truth says. And so instead of quitting and giving up, what do I got to do? I got to pick up my shield. I got to pull that thing out. What do I got to do? I got to wash my mind with the word of God. I, I believe the blood of Jesus purges my conscience from dead works. Amen. Amen. Wash it with the water of the word of God. And then shields up and listen to me. And I'll just put a plug in. I'm trying not to do too much plugging for the mighty men because I've already said my piece. But listen to me. Uh, if you are going through a battle, it is good to have men around you who you can really talk to, who know the word of God, that they can help you put up your shield when your arms feel weak. Or they can put your helmet back on and square it around so that you're ready again for the battle. Where they can put a, help put a sword in your hand so that you'll be able to fight and you'll always win. It is not the will of God that we quit. It is not the will of God that we give up. Amen. I speak to the spirit of suicide in this room, and I command it to go in Jesus' name. I command it. I'm not, I'm not asking. I'm telling you to get off of them in Jesus' name. Well, if you're new, <laughs> word of wisdom, word of knowledge, that's a word of knowledge. The Lord just revealed that to me, a little bit of discerning of spirit. That's a, that harassment it has to go. I, I am not asking. John 14, 13 and 14 said, whatever you demand in my name, he'll do it. So I just said it. If you've been dealing with that, understand that you've got some stuff going on, but the Lord, the Lord will help you. The Lord will strengthen you. Don't pull away from the body of Christ. Don't pull away from friends. Uh, get in, dig in. Hallelujah. Dig in. You know, sometimes in our circles, people feel shame. Well, I should know better. I should be stronger. You know, uh, but you know what? <laughs> We're here to help one another. We're not, at least everybody I train, we're not going to kick you when you're down. We might ruffle you up a little bit on the way up, but you're in a safe place. Hallelujah. Lord is good. So how many weapons formed against you will prosper? None. Are you sure? Yes. Doesn't mean they won't be formed. Doesn't mean you won't see a whole mountain range, but what are you supposed to do? Speak to it, and they have to obey you. Amen? Amen. I say this a lot second service, but I'm glad I came to church on Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Mighty men, you have any questions on anything? Where'd JC go? Our men's director, JC, see him. Hallelujah. Ollie's wearing tonight our, one of our mighty men apparel. Ollie used to be the in charge. So we, we, uh, the, the shirt that... I'm just going to put a ban on it. If you don't come, you can't have this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Wesley, Wesley has done another outstanding job. We get some of the best T-shirts around here. Hallelujah. All right. Um, I'm just, I'm just kind of floating around here just a minute to make sure I got everything. Everybody good? Let's just stand up for a minute. Let's just lift our hands and thank the Lord. Father, we magnify you tonight. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for um, the word of God. Thank you, Lord, Holy Ghost. Thank you for teaching through me. Thank you for the utterance. And I just thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I have that microphone? 
Hallelujah. Y'all sit down just one minute. Give me, so I'm going to, Gina, come here a second. Gina, come here. Gina, you're the only Gina I know. Hallelujah. Um, tell them about what happened um, when we had a word of knowledge and with your ears. For about two months, I've been having issues in my right ear. And I kind of, you know, I prayed about it, standing on my healing. I believe I receive when I pray. Um, but it was like this constant beeping, and it would just be constant. Um, and I didn't even, I hadn't even told him anything. And then eventually I did say something. I said, I need you to pray for me because, you know, I've been having this issue with my right ear, and it's been hurting, and uh, I've been praying about it. And so, you know, I believe I receive when I pray, but it's still there. It was still there. And so one night, it was really, like, bad. And so I was laying there, on and off, I would wake up, and I'll talk to Jesus. I'll say, Jesus, I need your help. I know it's not you. It's me, because you already paid the price. So I need your help. I need you to help me. This was a Saturday night. And then Sunday night, Sunday morning, I'm sitting there, listening to pastor, and one thing, word of knowledge comes up. Someone has issue with their right ear. And I, I couldn't see behind me, but I'm assuming the other people probably touched their left ear because he said, yeah, you, you know, you can take it so you for your left ear. He said, but I, this is specifically for the right ear. And something specific that, I, that when I thought about it or when I shared it with him, I said, it's ongoing. It's like it's this beeping noise is ongoing. And he said, um, right ear, it's very specific to the right ear, like tinnitus. And it's like ongoing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, of course, you know, I said, that's for me. And I took it. And, in fact, I just had an MRI of my brain done. And you know what? My brain is just fine. There is nothing wrong in my brain <laughs> or my ear. Hallelujah. And so... Praise Glory the Lord. God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we have a lot of things that go on and we get testimonies and we don't share them. We used to do a thing um, called um, Tell Me Something Good. But I think some of them were so spectacular that because um, we've had a lot of spectacular things around here. You know, women having babies that don't have the parts to have babies. So you see that testimony and think, well, you know, he just healed my ear, you know, and stuff like that. But everything is important. And if it's your ear and it's buzzing all the time, that's important. And so, you know, I just wanted you to see God. Uh, we've had a lot of word, words of knowledge, especially recently, and we've had lots of testimonies. And so sometimes you don't get to hear them. You just, but I know that when God does that, I believe it's done. Amen. So I'm not, I, when I was younger, I always wanted to hear about it to see, you know, but I know what God does, but you need to hear. The Lord is, he, he's, he's working. He's doing some things. He's always on the move. Amen? All right, get up on out of here. We'll see you later.